that was so fun. It was all for you, Greg. <laughs> I know. From I your appreciate podcast it. I appreciate this morning, because uh, you said you wanted the indictment song, and that was your indictment song. Like, what, nineteen fifty something? I don't know. It's you're dating yourself. I think it's early sixties. I don't know. That, that's it's, a great song. I fought the law and the law went. Just the economy of language in the storytelling of that song is just. It I doesn't get it. better, man. I love it. And it now we have it better. on my little touchpad here. We can ever play, play it whenever we want to <laughs> celebrate indictments. Hi, Jennifer Taub. Am I saying your name correctly? I'm sorry if I'm not, because it's the first time we're getting to see each other. How are you? I am good, and I'll accept any pronunciation of oh, my wow. last name, so that oh. works. But what is the correct one? Just so we know. I guess I say a Taub, but I think originally it might have been Taub when it was German, but then it had an E at the end of it. Who knows? I'll go with uh, Jennifer. How's that? Make it easy for us. Um, (laughs) We're so glad you're on the show tonight because there's all sorts of talks of indictment and there's all sorts of talks about the, the, the Supreme Court messing up our Constitution and our elections. And you're the person who seems to know a lot about these things because you are, in fact, the author of Big Dirty Money. And there's the cover, The Shocking Injustice and Unseen Cost of White Collar Crime. Now, you've been a guest on, on Greg's show before, so I know you guys have spoken in the past. But I'm curious to know, what are your thoughts about the indictment as it was handed down to Mr. Weisselberg last night or yesterday afternoon? I'm so glad you asked that. And I'm going to rephrase your question because okay. that's what I do. Uh, the first defendant listed was the Trump Corporation. And the other defendant, second defendant listed was the Trump Payroll Corp. Mm-hmm. Weisselberg was third. And I know we all like to call it the Weisselberg indictment. That's what we do. But really, this was the Trump business indictment. And I think it's a baby step. And I think a lot of people would have liked to see more in this indictment, no doubt. Cy Vance would have liked to, to have more here. But I actually think this is a tremendously monumental moment. We have a former president of the United States a guy who, for his entire adult life, got away with all kinds of corrupt shenanigans, settled so many matters with regulators civilly, or his businesses did, and never was criminally charged, right? So now we have Trump's business being criminally charged. This is huge. And these are not minor offenses. We're talking about a conspiracy charge against the businesses, and also a tax fraud charge and falsifying business records against the business in in another one. The only types of charges that the Trump's businesses did not get hit with, that Weisselberg did, was uh, was larceny. um, Because Trump's businesses didn't actually, it it was a different piece about uh, Weisselberg himself stealing money. But this was a really tremendous indictment. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people bought into the spin put out by the defense lawyers that this was a fringe benefit case. No, this is a tax fraud case. This is an under-the-table, off-the-books scheme, a conspiracy that went on since 2005. This is, as they say, a big effing deal. Yeah, it seems like the Trump uh, organization and the lawyers, they were trying to suggest this is just about a company car, but it's not just about a company car. I made a slide to show everyone exactly why it's not just about a company car. (laughs) It involved two Mercedes Benzies. (laughs) Yeah, really nice ones too. Uh, This luxury apartment in one of the better Trump uh, apartment buildings. These guys were living large, not just on the company's dime, but also on the taxpayer's dime, which I think the people are forgetting to realize is that this is really taxpayer money that they right. that was being given to to Mr. Weisselberg and his wife and his children and grandchildren and who have you. 
Yeah, he, you know, he's a tax cheat, and he wasn't—he was orchestrating this for his own personal benefit and the benefit of the business. And some people wonder, what was it? What would possibly be in it for a corporation to do this? You can see why someone might want under the table things like two Mercedes Benz, a luxury apartment you don't have to pay for, right? Um, it's just paid for you, and you don't even have to pay taxes on it. We can see why Weisselberg would have wanted that. But what's it and the other executives at Trump Organization who benefited from this unlawful scheme? But what's in it for a business? And there are a lot of things. I think the two main things that are in it for the business is it's a way of paying an employee, um, you know, getting more, uh, you know, bang for the buck, right? And I use an example in the piece that you just put up there in Washington Monthly. What I mean by that is if you just imagine someone who makes $100,000 as a regular salary in New York, um, let's say they, that they really deserved or the company wanted to actually, you know, if you want to actually pay them $200,000, well, that extra $100,000, you only get 72000 by the time all the payroll tax and everything is, right? And then if you were Weisselberg, you'd take that $72,000 and you'd pay some rent, you pay for the private school t tuition, you pay the leases on the Mercedes, yada, yada, all the stuff you do with it. It only goes as far as the $72,000. But if the Trump organization, and it also, the Trump organization had to give up $100,000, right, just so you could have $72,000 worth of compensation. Right. If, however, it's done like this, off the books, then the business only has to part with $72,000 of money by paying your expenses, right? right? It's illegal. But my point is, it's because Donald Trump isn't just a cheat. He's a cheapskate. Right. So, so we know yep. this is obviously part of the attraction. He gets his dollars to go farther. He doesn't have to raise the salaries right. as much as it comes out of his own personal pocketbook. This is just one of the many. And then he writes it off, right? He, then he writes it well, off. Right. I mean, a, you write off. You don't write it off as you know as compensation, but you write it off as a business expense. Right. right? None of this is lawful as it was structured. But this is just an example. It's a way of Trump to. You know, so that's the main thing, right? Being a chief. Okay. The other thing, so first is that he's just cheap and he wants his dollars to go farther, even if it breaks the law. The second thing is a mob thing. You know, if you're, if you want an underling to do something illegal for you, they could rat you out, right? So you get them to do something unlawful. So you have something to hold over their head. I have never been a mob boss, but I've studied them enough, white collar <laughs> criminals, to know their tactics. Right. Greg's been a mob boss, haven't you, Greg? He's twice several in your times. Life. <laughs> you know, past past lives. I, I I gave it up, Zev. I I gave it up to come on your show. Oh, that's good. Um, I, I should add, Jen's book is all about this kind of thing, and is really great. If anybody hasn't read it, I highly recommend reading it because it does help you wrap your mind around what white collar white collar crime is, what money laundering is, and why it's harmful to society. So can I just add yeah. this other plug for the book? You've got the beautiful green cover there, the paperback mm. with a new white cover. I think oh. the guy has a red tie. Yeah. It's coming out in September and it has a new <laughs> subtitle. Uh, it's Big Dirty Money. And the new subtitle is Making White Collar Criminals Pay. Ah, and a new introduction. Well timed. Yeah, so we're I, talking I, about a, a trillion dollars of taxes that aren't recovered every year. That's a lot of money that could really go a long way to helping us through some problems in this society. And these guys in these, you know, ivory towers doing these kind of schemes, as Mr. Trump and Mr. Weisselberg did, or allegedly did, boy, that's how we lose a trillion dollars every year that could be going to better health and better schooling and better you know, streets and better roads and better whatever you want to spend that money on. It's a pretty significant deal. 
In fact, since you said oi, and since I believe Weisselberg is a member of my tribe, I should say he's a Shonda, right? I yeah. mean a little Yiddish here. For those who don't know, a Shonda means a shame. He's, he's, he's shaming my people. I happen to be Jewish. He owed, you know, he owed, he deprived taxing authorities of about a million dollars, including from not declaring income that we talked about pretending that he didn't live in New York and, and getting uh, refunds uh, that he wasn't entitled to, right? So it's a million dollars. In, in the scheme of things, you might think that's not a lot. And I think that's a lot, right? But in the scheme of this $1, $1 trillion tax gap, it's a small amount. But, you know, a million dollars here, a million dollars there. You know, I mentioned this in the piece. Charles Redding, who's the current IRS commissioner, who's a carryover from the Trump era, admitted under oath recently in 2021 that you know, this tax gap is now nearly one million. And that is the amount of taxes a year that the government IRS believes it should be collecting that it isn't. And in addition, what was so shocking about his testimony is he admitted it's mostly due to tax cheats, right? Mm-hmm. And he said this thing that uh, um, I, I find really funny. He said, we're outgunned. And I, and in some ways that's true. And because it, the IRS has had a, a huge amount of its budget gutted, Jesse Eisinger and others write about this at ProPublica, and they have fewer staff. But in this case, as I said in the piece in Washington Monthly, he's not outgunned. Sometimes you need guns, but right now you just need a good pair of reading glasses. You know, where's the IRS right now? Yeah. We pay like for every dollar we pay and invest in the IRS, we get back what, $6, $7? It, it, it's one of the things that pays for itself. And yet we're slashing the budget for some reason. Gee, I you wonder know, why. <laughs> well, one of the big things Trump put through that the Republicans really wanted was that massive tax cut for the wealthy that was supposed to pay for itself, right? And when I wrote Big Dirty Money, it spanned before and after the pandemic. And even before the pandemic hit, it was clear that it wasn't going to pay for itself. So there's two ways that the wealthy get tax cuts, right? And the government allows it. One is they get the laws changed, that are already created, and, and two, the existing laws create all kinds of special loopholes for the very powerful, like hedge fund operators and so on. And the third way they lower the taxes is by not paying them. <laughs> and the right. government just looks the other way. And I had this cringing, I don't even know, I asked a friend who's German and she gave me the word for it, like the opposite of schadenfreude. I had this like cringy feeling that I was agreeing. I was partially in agreement with something the Trump organization lawyer, Alan Furfurtis, I think that's his name, said yesterday in a press conference about how the tax laws, you know, aren't being enforced. And actually the German word I got to tell you, I might be pronouncing it wrong. Apparently it's Glucksmerz. Anyway, I'm going to look it up and I'm going to write something about it. But I had this feeling because it's a little bit true, right? You sit there and you think, why are the taxing authorities not going after ordinary wealthy people? And I think the reality is that third part, because one way you achieve tax cuts is by going light on enforcement Mm. on the super wealthy. And I know it's hard to follow offshore accounts and all this other stuff, but I have a feeling that this isn't the only time when something falls right in front of the IRS or the DOJ and they just sort of shrug. Didn't Leona Helmsley say... Only poor people, only the little people pay taxes. I mean, surely that must be the thinking that goes on in these places that Donald Trump probably just resents the idea. I've met some famous, well-known rich people who just resent the idea of paying taxes. They just don't feel like it should be their thing to do. They don't 
They just don't feel like they're part of that club. They think it belongs to other people. And that seems to be mentality. Come on. His father didn't build a fortune just so Donald Trump could pay taxes on his father's money. Exactly. Come on. (laughs) You You know, wasn't, you remember that that New York Times story that was so tremendously important that just thudded the $400 million worth of taxes they didn't pay over those years? Mm. Suzanne Craig, her initial one, and then there were follow-ups. But, you know, this is the part that I agree with the lawyer, which is a lot of this kind of stuff gets settled civilly. The difference in Donald Trump's case is when they asked to see the records, they stonewalled and so on. And also, there's no requirement that the government settle these cases civilly when you've been brazenly scheming to to avoid paying taxes. But the reality is, and this is one of the main th- themes of my, of my work in Big Dirty Money, is that, that cheating actually pays. Elite cheaters prosper. Mm-hmm. And the thing that, that makes me enraged when I think about it is the comparison, if you look at the white, super wealthy, and well-connected, and they can whine, and people sympathize with them because, oh, no one ever comes after people. You heard this sort of picked up in the press. And then you look at someone like Eric Garner. You know, when he was selling loose cigarettes in New York, you know, on a street in New York City, that's tax evasion. Mm. What happened to him? And it was perfectly okay to, he had a small time hustle, a kind of arbitrage, and he was depriving New York City and state uh, a few dollars a pack for cigarettes. And what do they do? They can physically restrain and kill. And it was not lawful to kill him, but those police officers, no one went to jail for that, right? Mm -hmm. We we really have two Americas and Trump is just, what's this expression? I don't know if you if you've heard of this ever, Greg, but um, this is an expression that accountants sometimes tell wealthy clowns, clients, which is like wealthy clowns, huh? wealthy clients, <laughs> pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Have you heard that mm. before? I think I have actually yeah. sort of the way. Yeah. Right. Well, and now Trump's lawyers are complaining that he's getting slaughtered. He's ruining the game for everyone else right. by saying the quiet part out loud and by going over the top. Right. But you notice the other thing I started that, that thing that I was cringing is when Don Trump Jr. and the lawyer for Trump, uh, the Trump organization was saying, how come Cy Vance is charging me? Well, how about all those bankers right, in right. his jurisdiction? You know, and I'm here's like, that very clip. Oh, I'm going to play that clip and then we can talk oh, good, about oh, it. Good. Here we go. <laughs> well, these are employment perks. These are these are a corporate car, which everybody has. I guarantee you there's people on this network that has corporate cars. I guarantee you there's people in every company in the country that have corporate vehicles. This is what they're going after. This isn't a criminal matter. This is you know, it's really interesting, Raymond. After the financial crisis, right, they didn't go after a single person on Wall Street, despite the fact that these people were literally, they took down the U.S. economy, but they'll go down, they'll go after somebody after fringe employment benefits. Mm. Is that really what the DA is focused on, is little girls are getting shot in the middle of Times Square? Mm. They'll go after a corporate vehicle and a corporate apartment? Give me a break. And honestly, I have to say, the media's actually been very very fair about this. The New York Times, uh, so many of the different news outlets, they've literally said, this isn't criminal. This isn't worth well, this 40, normally, 50 yeah. investigators in this, a, a, a district attorney's office. Be, like, this would normally be a civil complaint. Jesus, you even get the uh, Fox News anchor <laughs> helping him out there. You know, so, my apologies. It was yeah. Eric. Yes, it was, it was Eric, Eric, not Don which, Jr. Which, Sorry, Eric. Sorry. Which is uh, Greg's number one uh, number one scapegoat for this whole thing. Greg leaves <laughs> Eric Prince. <laughs> Sorry, Eric Prince. You've got Eric Prince in the brand. <laughs> I, I said Eric Trump Eric will be the Trump, one who goes down for all of this. He's born to be the fall guy. But yeah. like his defense is so the, – the way that they're sort of spinning this, Jen, you said at the top about it's the Weisselberg indictment. And no, it's not. It's about the entire company. So mm-hmm. one of two things are true. Either – Weisselberg acted alone and did all these horrible things on his own, and nobody there had any idea. It was just him. 
for 15 fucking years, none of these morons <laughs> figured it out, right? Um, it's not a big company, Trump Org. It's like, what, a dozen people? And he, the guy's doing all this shenanigans and these wonderful math geniuses haven't figured this out. That's one you know, thing that it could be, one possibility. And the other possibility is that they're all in on it. And of course they know. So I'm going to go with B. No one's denying it. I don't think we've heard uh, well, Don well, Jr. deny it. Really I don't think Eric Trump denied it. And it's just there's no deny. No one, I think Don Sr. is denying it. You know, I think uh, ultimately everyone's basically saying this really did happen. It's not helping Weisselberg, I'm sure, in court. I'm sure they'd like him to stop talking. But they, they seem to agree that this is going to be the case. So. I have to share this thing. My per- yeah. former, it's a little bright, sorry. My former law professor, Larry Tribe, tweeted out something from Bloomberg. It must be Tim O'Brien, I'm guessing, if I click through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so yesterday, Tim O'Brien, have you seen this thing that Larry tweeted out? So he said, in his libel suit against Tim O'Brien, quote, the former president testified under oath that he and Weisselberg routinely worked jointly to prepare summaries they shared with banks oh. that, that were trying to assess Trump's financial wherewithal. Right. I mean... This spills, onto the, this spills also into the next <laughs> oh, indictment to, to be believed is that there's no, no, it's not more clips. It's just that you know, there's more coming according to this indictment or according to the prosecutors. The next thing they say is the target is Donald Trump himself. And this leads into his sort of, you know, wrongly evaluating all these properties that he has at Silver Springs or whatever it is. Yes. So, yeah. So he, that thing, he wrongly, he wrongly estimated the value of that on his tax returns. And this is probably going to be where he gets targeted by prosecutors next. Is that your understanding of where they're going next? I hope so. Right. I think the hard part is I think that Vance doesn't yet have enough evidence to give to the grand jury to get the indictment he wants on that. I think they've got to get through millions of pages of paperwork. And ideally, they get Weisselberg or someone else, you know, to flip. Because that would, that would make the case. I mean, Weisselberg's got no yeah. reason. Right? Didn't the other guy testify and, uh, before Cam- the grand jury? Calamari? I think Calamari. No, 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 no. no the no, other no. guy. Oh, there's another guy? Sorry. Well, what's yeah. his name? I can't remember his name or it's what he like did. He's like he's a subordinate to, to Weisselberg. Is it He's O'Malley already testified before the Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he testified before the grand jury already and has not been charged, leading okay. some so to he- speculate that he is the one who has flipped and then blah, blah, blah. And... Jen, you made a good point in the piece that you wrote in the, in, what is it, Washington Monthly? Is that mm-hmm, it, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is that it may be that that by doing this slowly and indicting Weisselberg first, they're sort of preparing the grand jury for the idea that they're going to eventually indict you know, the former president of the United States, even though he was always a, a mobster and happened to be president of the United States at the tail end of his career, he still is the president of the United States. So it's hard maybe to get a grand jury used to that idea. And I think that's interesting. Well, I'm afraid even in the context of the media. Go ahead. I think I want to fine tune that because the reason why I came up with that theory was because I, one of the pundits I heard said, why would you add the Trump organizations now? When you don't have Trump himself, usually the corporations go last. So it's not as much about why they – because they indicted Weisselberg, it seems to me, because they wanted to put pressure on him to flip. They didn't have to put the Trump organizations – they could have called them unidentified organization one, right? They could have done that. I do Mm -hmm. think what you're – that's what – so it's – I think it's a big psychological hurdle. If I were a member of a grand jury, it would feel really – momentous and I feel very anxious about indicting Trump. And I don't like Trump. 
right? But I'm just telling you, it seems like a big deal. But yeah. his corporation is a first step. Boom, they're already in. It won't be so hard to add Trump. And he's in this indictment, right? People said, oh, he won't even be mentioned. He's mentioned in the indictment in a very sly way. Um, and you can just sort of see the puzzle piece that hmm. Cy Vance needs from Weitzelberg. So you also put, said in, put, sorry, to finish that, sorry. As you also said something about Letitia James having the James having the authority now to dissolve the corporation. I want to hear about that after this break. Now that summer is almost here and COVID is almost gone, this may be a good time to get some things off your to-do list, like maybe getting life insurance. You know, my mom is really good with finances and she's always telling me what about life insurance? It's so important. And I can tell you that Policy Genius is a great place to get life insurance because you can compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? Well, you can save as much as 50% or more of life insurance by comparing those quotes. And you could save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare those policies for you. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies, so you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying process. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius a five-star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. This is how it works. Getting started is really easy. First, you head to policygenius.com, and in minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to find your best price. When you're ready to apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and scheduling for you. Policy Genius never sells your information to other companies, and that means you don't have to worry about your privacy, and they don't add extra fees. Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. Now that's it is nice to get it right. And and we should also mention why LB is not here. She's lost her voice. And a lot of people are asking on Twitter why she couldn't be on the show tonight. And she has uh, she's got laryngitis, a pretty serious case of it. So she'll be on when she can talk again, hopefully next week. Jen, you were going to answer this question about uh, Letitia James having the authority now to dissolve the Trump organization. I'd love to hear how she could do that. So under so the Trump, we're, you and I are using the term Trump organization in a kind of blanket sense, right? Um, because the Trump organization isn't a thing. It's right. the um, trade name that this, that the entire sort of empire of Trump's businesses fall under. But uh, there is the two corporations named in this indictment. The main one, the Trump Corporation, is the one where he and his kids worked, right? And then there's this Trump Payroll Corporation, and then there's all these LLCs, um, and all these other sort of divisions, some of that which are in these different pieces. At any rate, as folks may or may not know, every to be a corporation or a limited liability company in the United States, you need to be given life by a particular state, right? So these corporations, the Trump uh, Corporation, the main corporate entity, is organized under the laws of New York. And what the state giveth, the state can taketh away. Ah. Um, that's not exactly the language of the law. So there, there is a provision in the New York Corporation Law that allows to dissolve a nonprofit corporation, for example, or a for-profit. We have seen the Trump's nominal charitable organization, the Donald J. Trump Foundation, or uh, I think that's what it's called. <laughs> it was dissolved by the... Um, the acting attorney general before James came in. Mm. And when she came in, I think she required them. What well, was dissolved because the AG went to court and a court ordered its dissolution. And then when James um, was elected and took office, then that uh, Trump himself 
in 2019 while he was president. We may have forgotten this, but he was required to pay out of his own pocket $2 million to eight different charities because he had cheated so many yep. charities. Okay, um, I'm not sure if he's actually done that, but at any rate, that's what he was required to do. So similarly, you know, Tish James could dissolve the Trump Corporation, any wow. of the organizations that are organized under New York law and the power of it. Sometimes we call it, I teach corporation law, and we sometimes call this the corporate death penalty. You can do this. It's, it's under extreme circumstances. You've got to go to a court and say um, that this business is basically a fraudulent enterprise. And that could happen. And I think uh, Jed Sugarman, who's a law professor at Fordham University, as well as Ron Fine, who is a legal director of Free Speech for People. I'm on the board of Free Speech for People. They wrote um, an op-ed describing this. I, I linked to in the in the piece. Um, and they asked uh, Tis James to do this. Now, Jed retweeted this today, and he mentioned that he thinks the order of things should be, if these two Trump corporations are actually convicted, that would be the step one. And step two would be the civil action um, to ask a judge to dissolve it. I think that's what I mean by the worst is yet to come for Trump. Right. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.